It's a welcome in Wednesday. How we doing, everybody? I am the man of steel. I'm one of America's favorite regional radio stars, as far as you know, along with the young five-star recruit, Parker Thune. Ladies and gentlemen, how we doing on this Wednesday? Parker, how you doing on this Wednesday? I'm doing better than I was yesterday on this Wednesday, Steely. I'll tell you what. I, uh, I realized after going home yesterday and sifting through all of my possessions that I did indeed own a set of wrenches. I just had forgotten where I'd placed them. So I was able to retrieve the proper wrench for the task, assemble the dumbbell rack that I had been working on yesterday, and that drastically improved my mood. There you go. Yeah, you were a little bit, uh, I wouldn't say out of it yesterday, but I could tell you were in a different mood. You didn't want to talk about Williams Winery. You well, know the I text mean- line wants to talk about Williams Winery, <laughs> but there was a wrench in your brain, you know, on two things, because there's not really a lot of new news on Williams Winery right now, and you had the other wrench on your brain, too, that you didn't have or didn't think you had at the time. So it happens. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. By the way, is there any news on Winery? Since yesterday? No. Well, like, that's that's honestly my biggest issue with it. That's probably why I was so tapped out yesterday, just because I've – I mean, people are hitting me up every 20 minutes asking, anything new, anything new, anything new, anything new. Not in the last 20 minutes, people. One of the things that can get annoying at times when you're – and you get a lot more than me – but people who think you're on the air 24-7 uh-huh. and they're asking you OU questions like all the time. All the time. I had uh, an old uh, fraternity brother of mine. I don't think he's listening right now. But would text me during the football game like after every two or three plays. And I'm finally like, I want to watch the game. I don't. And even Shay was like, oh, my gosh, put your phone down. I'm like, I can't. This old fraternity brother of mine won't stop texting. What'd you think? You know, what, man, how about that third down play? It's like, watch the game. But I can only imagine what you're getting all the time on recruiting. So, anyway, hats off. All right, hour number one is always presented by Tim Lasher, his company, Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They'll do great work for you, 405-579-3113. Been in the Oklahoma City area now, uh, right there on in Norman, of course. Tim Lasher had a great career as a kicker at Oklahoma. Great businessman with a great company. They've been in business again now 16 years. Called them up. If your AC's, uh, you know, breaking down on you, you want your furnace tuned up before winter eventually gets here, 405-579-3113. I want to start today. I've, I think I've got... Uh, some pretty interesting stuff today. Let's start talking about where the Sooners are in relation to where the Longhorns are heading into the SEC. 49 to nothing was a debacle last fall in the Cotton Bowl. We all know that. But where are the Sooners in terms of their preparation and, you know, the most important thing in your program, recruiting? Tom Luganbill was on the Bobby Burton Texas podcast the other night, and was asked that question where Oklahoma and Texas are recruiting-wise right now heading to the SEC. I saw Oklahoma twice last year, too, and just right now, right now, there is a vastly different roster profile. Texas is way ahead of where Oklahoma is talent-wise. Brent Venables, as you mentioned, with Texas and that staff, they know what they're getting into. They've lived it. They've done it. They, you know, Whether they're at Alabama, what have you. Well, Brent does, too, because when you look at that tenure during Clemson, they're recruiting that footprint. Right. They're getting that caliber of player. He knows what he has to have, too. And he, and he knows he doesn't have it right now at, at Oklahoma. They're going to have, I think, 
a few more difficulty because they're going to be forced to go into everybody else's backyard to get those types of players. I don't, they don't have a choice. Could, could you do that? Can you go get a CJ Stroud out of California? Oklahoma is going to have to prove that, I think, a little more so than Texas is going to have to. Is there a vastly different roster profile right now between Oklahoma and Texas? If you asked me to take one roster, I'd take Texas. Sure. But I don't think it's vastly different. Is this because of 49 to nothing? Now, again, we're talking about the rosters right now. And I don't see a vastly different roster profile. And again, I'm not going to totally homer it up for you and say, oh, yeah, I'd take OU's. You gave me the choice right now, I would take Texas. But, Parker, let's look back at the recruiting rankings. Now, I did this on Rivals. 2022, Brent, in an abbreviated period, Texas was number five in recruiting rankings. This is according to Rivals. Oklahoma was number eight. 2023, Texas, number three, the Sooners, number six. Right now in the 24 rankings. And, again, there's a lot still out there for both schools. Sooners are 13th. Texas is number 20. Now, that's an incomplete on this year. But if you still average the three, Oklahoma's average is nine. Texas's average is 9.3. So what is Tom Luganbill talking about when he uses the word, the phrase, vastly different? Is he just playing to a Texas podcast? Well, I was, I was about to say, there's undoubtedly some of that, right? You're on a Texas podcast. You're going to cater to a Texas audience because – you don't want to pull a John Kurtz on these airwaves a couple of years back and come on and say, man, I just can't stand Oklahoma. <laughs> because then you're never coming back on the show, right? Because people hate you. Yeah, but, I don't mind John Kurtz. I think his information is pretty good, but that was a little yeah, surprising. He's, so, yeah, he's a good reporter. But what I'm saying is you show up in an OU market and make that kind of statement, naturally the fans are going to have it out for you. And so if Tom Luganbill shows up on a Texas podcast and says, yeah, I really like where Oklahoma's at in comparison to Texas – then Texas fans are going to be up in arms about it. And they're going to hate Tom Luganville. So you have to cater to your audience to a certain extent. Well, and one of the reasons Texas is slightly ahead of Oklahoma, and again, you can talk about 49 to nothing. It was an ass-kicking last year in the Cotton Bowl. No doubt Oklahoma was down to a backup quarterback. Now Oklahoma should never be in a situation like that with a backup quarterback, you know, can't play, basically. Sorry, Davis Bell. We, we really like you as a Sooner, but that was not a good performance. And, you know, the game plan, you know, having to run out of the Wildcat and all of that, uh, and the Sooners just got their butts kicked. But this year, I fully expect Oklahoma to go down to the Cotton Bowl, have a chance to win that football game. I would be really surprised if it was one-sided. It, it, no way it'll be as one-sided as a year ago, but I think the Sooners have a good chance to go down there and beat Texas. That's the only game they're not favored in. But Steve Sarkeesian is one year ahead of Brent in his plan. Been on the job longer than Brent. So what do you guys think of where the Sooners are in relation to Texas? And Parker Thune, how close are the Sooners right now to Texas? And it appears, again, they're gaining ground. It's hard to say, Steely, because you can look at the objective conglomeration of talent, sheer talent, on both of those rosters and conclude that, yes, Texas has the advantage right now, but more talent does not always equal more wins. And there's perhaps no better example. There's perhaps no program that should know that better than the University of Texas, because for almost 15 years now, talent has never been the issue. Yeah, It's been what you're doing with the talent. Most years, and look, the Sooners usually recruit really well. 
Uh, Muleshoe's last class, I believe that was the one they signed 16 kids, and I think they finished 13th in the recruiting rankings. But usually Oklahoma's going to be uh, in the top 10. Maybe, you know, during the Muleshoe era, you're in the 7-10 range once. I think they – did they get there? I'm trying to remember. But Oklahoma is a big name, and they usually recruit really well. But Texas every year is bringing in athletes. That hasn't been the issue with Texas. It's been culture. It's been toughness. It's been boosters getting involved where they shouldn't be involved, all of that stuff that has hindered Texas over the years. But I, I just don't see a vastly different roster profile. Now, if you're talking about just purely last year, yeah, I could go there. But now, based on what Oklahoma's added, and again, we still got to see these guys go out there and make plays, guys like Rondell Bothroyd, Trace Ford, Desan McCullough. But guess what? They've made plays in the past. Why wouldn't they make plays for Oklahoma this fall? So, uh, Texas, by the way, Caden Durham making his announcement tomorrow. Is his teammates uh, the five-star kid going to LSU with him? Man, that is a hotly contested battle. What's right the now kid's name again? L- Colin Simmons. Colin Simmons. Colin that's Simmons. right. That's the number one edge rusher in the country. And we heard that Texas was making uh, making a little move, late move, right? Texas is making a little move, man, and I. It's hard to tell with either of those kids. I think right now there's more surety with Durham than there is with Colin Simmons. But, you know, I think the conventional logic was, okay, those two are announcing on the same day. LSU's got all the juice. They're both going to LSU. But Texas has not given up the ghost with Colin Simmons. And, look, I I won't pretend as though I've been following that situation nearly as closely as I've been following some recruitments, obviously, that pertain more directly to Oklahoma, but it does seem as though as we sit hardly 24 hours from a decision that Texas is still in the mix and may in fact have the inside track to land Colin Simmons. There you go. And uh, by the way, the uh, Tom Lugan Bill audio is our Ortho Central clip of the day. Ortho Central with clinics in Norman, Midwest City, and now the two, uh, well, the brand new spots. It's not basically brand new, but it's new. The Tri-City location, that's Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. Thanks again to our friends at Ortho Central. Okay, 405-651-3439. That is the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. I also want to get into today, I was thinking about this today, what stuff has gone away that pertains to college football that us olds used to really love? I've got some ideas. I want your ideas. We'll get into that here in a little bit as well. We're going to talk a lot of recruiting, as we always do. Got a lot of Sooner Sound and some fun stuff for you today. We're just getting warmed up. 405-651-3439. Air Comfort Solutions text line. Coming right back, we'll hear from Dylan Gabriel next, right here on The Ref. We are back. It is a Wednesday. Wait till I tell you, Parker, about an old classic. The story of the Bedlam Bricklayer. The Bedlam Bricklayer. Will be revisited coming up a little bit later on, yes. This most, is a new one. Most Sooner fans uh, my age will remember the uh, the tale of the Bedlam Bricklayer. So that will be coming up here in a little bit as well. But uh, the Sooners, again, out on the practice field, going through uh, fall drills, getting ready for the opener against Arkansas State. And again, our uh, Sooner training camp reports brought to you by Neutral Vodka. 
Neutral Vodka Seltzer and Real Juice. Neutral Vodka Seltzer is an official sponsor of OU Athletics. Made with only vodka seltzer and real juice to offer a deliciously clean, light, and refreshing taste. Dylan Gabriel, last year, you know, missed some throws, no doubt. But still, you look at his numbers compared to Quinn Ewers, who everybody's raving about still. Dylan Gabriel's were better in every area except the win column. That's the most important column, clearly. But Dylan Gabriel has got to make the uh, make the routine plays more, some of the longer passes, and be better on third and fourth down. But still, we saw what Oklahoma was like without Dylan Gabriel under center last year. It wasn't pretty. Dylan Gabriel, though, not showing up on many top 20 quarterback lists. He was asked about that at practice yesterday. Fortunately, none of that matters. You know, it's just uh, the, the name of the game. This is the ultimate team sport, and that's all I'm focused on, winning, having fun with my brothers. You know, sometimes, you know, just keeping it simple and, and maintaining that uh, the rest will take care of itself. So for me, man, uh, finding ways to go 1-0 every week, that's that's what, uh, you know, keeps everyone happy. Well, I think the urgency in general in, in the beginning of camp, knowing that, you know, season's right around the corner, um, it, there's urgency from everyone, which is good. But um, I think that is something that starts in January in the offseason and continue to get better at there you go, Dylan Gabriel from uh, after practice yesterday. And again, the Sooners in a much better situation in terms of backup quarterback if something happens to uh, DG uh, during the fall campaign. So we'll see. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. All right, so here's what I'm throwing out there. and We've already had some answers. What stuff has gone away from college football or really OU football, if you want to go to that, that us olds were used to having back in the day? Now, some things just in college football. Uh, back in the day, you know, you didn't have the end zone showboating. It was act like you've been there before, man. No look at me after every play, particularly a third and five or something, and you break up a pass. None of that. I mean, you didn't show any emotion. No Barry Sanders handing the ball to the official anymore. Doesn't happen, rarely. Here's some other things. All right. Talking about OU. People rarely buy or save the game program these days. Is the game program still a thing? The game or is program. That all, is that all digital? I think it's mainly digital, right? But back in my day, my God, you had to have the game program. That was a huge thing to get the game program or else you basically weren't at the game. Uh, the student section staying for at least three quarters of the game. That used to be a thing, too. Now, of course, they got to get back to their phones and, you know, Instagram and everything else. Bunch of little punks. They, uh, they don't stay at the game. Well, they're not little punks, but they're still punks. No ticket stubs. Digital. It used to be a cool thing to have the ticket stub back in the day. I'm sure there are people who collected those back in the day. You don't have concessionaires walking the stadium steps anymore, do you? I don't see many. I don't see any. Go get your own. I used to do that as a kid. I lasted one season because I sold the Cokes, one rack of the Cokes, and then I sat on those steps and watched the rest of the game. That was it. I was done. Made my 10 bucks or whatever it was, and that was it. Game Day Cups, says Todd Bates' nemesis. Yes. I mean – the game, game day, day cups are still around. The game day cups are still around. But you used to collect those. It's kind of like if you go to hideaway or something. Okay. You've got to take cups with you, right? You don't just leave the cups. You can't have enough like hideaway pizza cups. Uh, we probably have 20 uh, up in our cupboard right now. But that's another thing. 
Great New Year's Day Bowl lineup. Another thing that we always, I mean, you knew exactly what was happening. Cotton Bowl would start. The Orange Bowl would wrap it up right after, you know, you went cotton, sugar, rose, orange. Times were much, much better back then. Much better. Uh, CT and Piedmont had to listen on the radio a lot, even in the 90s now. I never do. Well, you should do that with T. Rowe, uh, you know, Teddy, Gabe, Chris Plank. Those guys do a great job. Turn the audio down and listen to the uh, the your broadcast. But, yeah, I, I probably listened to before I was 18 years old, 75% of the games on the radio. 75% of the games on the radio. I can still remember listening – to the Oklahoma SC game that ended in that tie out in the Coliseum. It was, wasn't that Switzer's second game, I believe? They beat Baylor in the opener. I think it was USC after that at the Coliseum. I remember because I had a habit, if it was a big play, I would go brush my teeth. And then I'd kind of look like it's fourth. You'd and, brush yes, your teeth. It's like fourth and one for the Sooners. Can I make this right here? And I would run to the bathroom real quick and brush my teeth, and then I'd come back. To okay, I habit. need to know the origin of this. How did this get started? I have no idea. I just, I was too chicken, bloop, to sit there and listen to what happened. And then he'd come back like, yeah, Joe Washington, you know, went off counterplay, made the first down. Okay. But, yeah, we listened to, like I said, before I was like 18, probably 75% of the games on the radio until OU and uh, Georgia changed everything when it came to TV with the lawsuit where they could control their, uh, their own TV rights and everything. Cecil Samara, that's one. Yes. Cecil Big Red Samira. Legend. A listener in the A17 says re-entry into stadium was allowed. No can do now. And yeah, that's kind of nasty. That kind of goes mm. back to the guy in 2005 with the backpack bomb, yeah, right? Yeah, somebody's got to run it for everybody. Oh, you could only be on TV twice a year. Yeah, besides the bowl game. True sooner. True sooner, speaking the truth again. But, um, you know, Parker... One day you'll be in old. You'll be talking about how great it was back in your day. Oh, boy. I wonder what's going to change. Robots might be playing for both teams. They might decide, you know what? We can't afford this NIL anymore. Let's get our engineers to make the best robots, and that's how we'll play the games. That could be happening in, like, the year 2050. You know what I'm curious about? When does, when does the chain gang get replaced by computers? Because, you know, the mm-hmm. new trend in sports, particularly in baseball, most specifically, is that anything that can be automated is automated. And 10 yards can be automated, Steely. So at what point is the fabled chain gang going to cease to exist? I, You know, I don't know. That's a very good question. You always feel like, can the chains be that exact? There's too much human involvement. Smoking cigars and cigarettes in the stadium, says Big Rich and OKC. There you go. Um, let's see. What else do we have? Nickel beers at Old School O'Connell's at halftime. Oh, those troughs full of ice cold beer at O'Connell's, the original O'Connell's location. Yeah, big time. That was absolutely big time. All right, 405 651 3439. What are we missing from the old days that was so great in college football? From the 404, back when you and I, Steely, were young, they actually played the game without a helmet. (laughs) Well, maybe the leather helmets anyway. Maybe the leather helmets. 
I still have my 2000 Nebraska ticket stub. See, having a ticket stub and game programs, man, I'm telling you, my brother gets online and buys a lot of those. And the old school game programs, like from the Bud era and everything, or like the, uh, the 70s Sooner game programs, those things are cool, man, to go back and look at. And as a kid, man, you know, you would be pitching a fits if you didn't get the game program. And the parents would relent. They knew we had to have the program. Uh, we we only got one. We had to share it. But still, that was always a big deal. 405-651-3439. Burley Boomer says, back in my day, we could smoke a half pack of camels by the third quarter. Les says, used to be you could walk into Owen Field during the week and watch practice. You used to be able to play, like touch football or tackle football if you wanted to, on Owen Field. Really? Yes. I remember me and my cousins doing that right around Thanksgiving when they came in from Amarillo. We went in over to Owen Field, threw the football around, played a little touch football. Now, again, it was at, it was turf at that time. Um, you know, it was the AstroTurf, so you no way you're going to do that on the grass now. But, yeah, it was, it was totally different back then. Who are we going to blame for the fact that you can no longer watch practice? I have a candidate. Mule Shoe, of course. Yes, naturally. Another one for Cecil Samara. He was paranoid. Mule Shoe was paranoid. I don't know if it was actually Mule Shoe that put the kibosh on open practices. I'm sure that probably came at some point during the Bob Stoops era. But still, it's fun to blame everything on Mule Shoe. Sure, why not? Yeah. Well, how much availability do we have right now? I mean, it's unbelievable how much availability you have right now. And that's only helping the fans and generating more interest in OU football. And there's always going to be a ton of interest in Oklahoma football. But they are selling some season ticket packages. How do you do that? You let the players get out and talk to the media. You know, during Switzer's era, those, those players were talking to the media all the time. There was some direction from Pat Hanlon or Larry McAllister or Mike Treps or whoever it was back in the day. But it was a much easier situation. But – I love the availability that they're getting now, man, because you're getting players pretty much every day. So, you know, and I think that that allows these guys, again, to get out there. You know, if they go to the NFL, they're going to have to do this anyway. If they don't go to the NFL, they're going to have to go to an interview for a job. They're going to have to go out and be able to communicate with people. So I think it's also uh, good for them to get out and do that stuff. Patrick says, when I was a kid in the early 70s, I used to run all the way down onto the field and go on the sidelines. Nobody ever messed with me. My dad was flipping out seeing me down there waving at him. <laughs> all right. What's the one about Durham that was going by there? No, don't worry about okay. that. We'll get we'll get back around to that. Okay. Uh, from the 712, I have all my Big 12 championship stubs from KC, minus a certain K-State game. We were at the hotel by the fourth quarter that night. 130 kickoffs. Every OU home game was a 130 kickoff until the lights came around. There were no rooster kickoffs. You know why? Because we hadn't sold our soul to the TV networks by that point. That's when there was real tailgating in Norman, says Captain Willard. Yeah, I hear you. And look, everything has gone very corporate, and I understand the situation that Joe sees in and Joe Harris are in. They've got to raise as much money as they can. I'm, uh, college football is an expensive business, brings in a lot of money, but costs a lot of money as well. But I hope it's less of a corporate tailgating situation in the future because it just doesn't have that feel. You know what I mean? 
the last time I remember when Tennessee was here and they, they, you know, we didn't have the corporate stuff set up. And I understand they're making a lot of money from that, sponsorships, all of that. I get it. But it, uh, it's just not the same. It's a more stale corporate environment. All right, 405-651-3439, Kedippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Great having you along on this Wednesday. Let's continue down this road. And uh, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. I, I'll have to tell you the tale of the Bedlam Brick Lair as well. I think you'll like it. We'll do that when I get back with you, Parker Thune. Let's do it. Back with you on a welcome in Wednesday. Mike Steely, Parker Thune here on the home of Sooner fans. The Ref Radio Network, 405-651-3439. That is the Meyer Chevrolet text line. Yeah, I was thinking about Bedlam football. Uh, yeah, I'll miss Bedlam football. I mean, eventually I think it might be played again. Going to be playing in the other sports. But I was thinking, you know, Bedlam football. Without Bedlam football, you don't get the Bedlam bricklayer. And I don't know how this – I was thinking about stuff this morning, old silly stuff that happened. I was thinking about things that have gone away since, uh, you know, people my age were watching Oklahoma football. But uh, this is from the Oklahoman all the way back in 2004. I will read football. Bedlam Brick Prank. A worker for a subcontractor on the Boone Pickens Stadium renovation project has been replaced after Oklahoma State officials found out that he subtly used darker bricks to spell out OU (laughs) on the stadium's east wall. The unnamed Bedlam Bricklayer's handiwork, which formed the letters by using the darkest of the five shades of brick used on the project went unnoticed for months until recently it began showing up on websites. OSU Athletic Department spokesman Steve Buzzard, what a great guy Steve Buzzard, by the way, said workers were blotting out the prank on Wednesday by staining the bricks, which will eventually be replaced at the expense of the subcontractor. The Bedlam bricklayer struck when they were renovating Boone Pickens Stadium. You can just see that, dude. Man, I've got the O and like half the U in there, man. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm going to finish that some bitch up and they'll never know. <laughs> Ever. And he's drinking a course the whole time. <laughs> there was another dude, if I remember right, that showed up. He was hired uh, as part of a construction crew that was working on Mike Gundy's house at one time. And he showed up at an OU t-shirt and got fired. From the crew. Now that's the stuff we're gonna miss right there. I wonder whether did we ever find out the identity of the Bedlam bricklayer? If you're the Bedlam bricklayer, we'll take your call right now, 405-329-9000. If you are the Bedlam bricklayer, I don't know. You could you know back then you couldn't find out those people's identities yet. Now we got the uh, the lady on the plane's identity now. You know that that is not real. We know that's an OSU <laughs> She's grad. She's a poke. She's an Oklahoma State grad. Runs her own, what, like marketing agency or whatever. Man, I still got to get one of those T-shirts. There's so many out there. That's one of the great videos ever, in my opinion. How did it, how did it take us all so long to figure out who she was? Because, like, the Internet generally digs up answers mm-hmm. to those things within minutes. Minutes. It took a week or so, and I started seeing reports. I think she's an Oklahoma State grad. And then the full doxing happened pretty much. Now they have a photo of her house and all this stuff. 
But um, anyway, I don't know if they ever identified the bedlam bricklayer. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. You know what? You know that how they could have spotted the bedlam bricklayer? Better vision by going to see Dr. John Bellardo. And there's a segue for you, At the folks. Advanced Laser and Cataract Center of Oklahoma, the bedlam bricklayer would have been spotted immediately. So if you want to catch the next bedlam bricklayer, or maybe it's an Oklahoma State construction worker, you know, doing something to the next OU sites, you want to find that person, you know, all you got to do, all you got to do is talk, call uh, Dr. Bellardo, get a free consultation, see if you qualify for lens replacement or cataract surgery, 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo. Go online to alcok.com. Uh, super professional staff out there. They'll make you very comfortable, and uh, they do a great job. They've helped me a lot. I'd be Mr. Magoo right now. Older reference lost on uh, younger listeners, but I would be Mr. Magoo right now had I not gotten involved with Dr. Bellardo and the experts there at the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Like they always say, if you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to come here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. All right, you ready to get back to the uh, text line? Let's go right ahead. Let's, Let's do it. Chad Nawasa wants to know your guys' thoughts on who you think is a player on offense and defense that will have a big year and no one is really talking about him. Man. Pick one player on either side. Breakout candidate. That's kind of tough because everybody's being talked about now. Nobody's talking about Reggie Grimes, but, you know, we were talking a lot about Reggie Grimes a year ago early in the season, and then it was the disappearance of Reggie Grimes later in the year. But, um, man, that's a tough one. I'll let you go first. Okay. Somebody that's not being talked about hardly at all on both sides of the ball. Okay. Offensively? I mean, I, I talk about him plenty. Okay. Nick Anderson All right, is my nomination. And I'm hearing he's looking really good in camp. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The hype train is rolling. It is leaving the station. Hop on while you still can. Defensively, I'm going to say breakout performer that nobody's talking about. I, I feel as though we're not talking enough. And he's getting talked about. I don't think he's being talked about enough. It's probably because he's a sixth-year senior. Reggie Pearson. Okay. I know Billy Bowman gets a lot of love, deservedly so. Peyton Bowen gets a lot of love. That's understandable. But with what Reggie Pearson is going to bring to this Oklahoma defense at the safety position, I feel as though many are undervaluing his presence on this roster in 2023. Fierce hitter, no doubt about Fierce that. Fierce hitter. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel just, found that out yes, the hard he, way. he certainly did. And you know what? It's going to have the safety that, uh, you know, can have a little Jack Tatum in him. From back in the day. 405-651-3439. See, so many people have been talked about. I don't know, maybe Austin Stogner. Uh, he's been talked about some, but maybe not as much as, you know, just the receivers. And they need him to stay healthy because there's not a lot of depth right now at tight end. Another guy on the defensive side of the ball. How about uh, DJ Terry? He's been talked about some on the interior defensive line from Tennessee. Um, I'll go with those two guys. All right, back to the text line at 405-651-3439. A-Train in Midwest City says, The guy fired for the OU t-shirt lived next door to my in-laws. He was called in to fill in for someone on the crew and had no clue. 
said Mrs. Gundy absolutely flipped out on him, started cussing, and called Mr. Gundy, who proceeded to do the same. Hmm. Very interesting. Somebody have, we say, ever, have we become acquainted at all with Mrs. Gundy? I mean, kind of. I feel like for as long as Mike Gundy has been head coach at Oklahoma State, it's honestly kind of remarkable that Mrs. Gundy has never found her way into the headlines maybe she one way does, or another. Maybe doesn't like the uh, spotlight, right? Maybe doesn't like the spotlight. Somebody's saying the Bedlam bricklayer was not real. Oh, yeah, he was. <laughs> Who do you think laid those bricks the Bedlam bricklayer did? What's the news on Smothers? We know anything on Hollywood Smothers? Nothing concrete. Bunch of noise going around. Not, not something to worry about right now. Um, rumors? R- rumors. They're nothing more than rumors at the moment. Uh, Sooner Soldier says, what lineman will be the one that will protect DG's back? So DG is a left-handed quarterback, mm-hmm. obviously. So it is the right tackle. Tyler Guyton? Rather than the left tackle that is going to be tasked with protecting his blind side. And right now, the guy that's in line to start at right tackle is Tyler Guyton. Yes. And he, you know. I believe, right? Yeah. It's yeah. Ra- Rouse Guyton, is supposed to be Guyton at right, side. Walter Rouse at left. That is the plan. Worm Johnson says, Steel Man, what's a restaurant that you miss in Norman? I say Sooner Dairy. What say you? Sooner Dairy Lunch is a really good choice, no doubt. Really good choice. The McHugh's family had that forever. And, uh, you know, we used to frequent that place uh, when I was growing up all the time. I miss the old school A&W root beer where he used to drive up over there on Robinson Street. I also miss Mr. Steak on Main Street. Mr. Steak. Mr. Steak, yes. Now, I worked at Boomerang, but, you know, you can find, like, the Boomerang's kind of like, there's a Johnny's now, and there's a Boomerang on Porter in Norman that there's a lot of the same food there. And I, I got fired from Boomerang, of course, twice. Uh, closed out of buns? That closed out of buns did it, yes. <laughs> and then calling for college basketball scores and ringing up about like a $200 bill, calling uh, 800 numbers to get the college basketball updates every 15 minutes. My fast food career ended in shame. You've had a slightly more successful career in media. I will say that maybe much. just a little bit, maybe just a little bit, but yes, I, that's an excellent choice. Worm, Sooner Dairy Lunch, big time. Pinocchio's, yeah, Pinocchio's just came back. Sooner Co. Wetzel, Shay went there with her buddies, her uh, girlfriends, uh, a couple weeks ago. Brought me back some of those breadsticks. So, you talk about those breadsticks were big time. They would clog your arteries, but you know what? Well worth it. So. Mister Steak, just a steak place. Was that all it was? I think you could probably get a hamburger, but it was it was it was not a super expensive steak. Like you could go have a steak for lunch there, and it was pretty good. I mean, as a kid, I liked it a lot. Uh, Shakey's Pizza was good on Main Street. Uh, Dinko's and Orange Pizza, yeah, Orange Pizza was good. Those are good choices. All right, uh, man, I, I'm not even looking at the clock here. We need a quick break. Jeez, I'm an amateur. That's 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. All right, we got a lot more ahead. Jimbo Fisher was speaking out about college realignment and his uh, hillbilly ways. We'll hear what he had to say coming up next. we got time for a lot more text. ton of Sooner football on the way. We are going to jump back into recruiting as well. Stay with us here on this Welcome In Wednesday on the home 
of all the Sooner fans, the ref. Okay, welcome back. I forgot one. Sooner Legends. My man, uh, Doug Kennan, had that Bob's Barbecue course over there. Good stuff. And uh, after I stopped doing postgame, we watched some uh, games out there on the patio, indoors. I can still remember watching the West Virginia game. Tavon Austin went wild. Sooners won the game. Watched that game out at Sooner Legends. So, uh, definitely, I, you know, I was thinking because Sooner Legends also the hotel, so I really wasn't thinking about the food there. But uh, Sooner Legends also missed that place. They got screwed over by the uh, Lindsay Street construction deal. Everybody kind of got screwed over yeah. by the Lindsay Street construction. My man Daryl Ray survived barely, but uh, and thank goodness for Daryl Ray and, and Ray's barbecue. But uh, Doug Cannon, great dude, big Sooner, and uh, miss that place, Sooner Legends as well. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. By the way, do we have any uh, Jimbo Fisher, our Jimbo Fisher Open ready to roll? Because uh, we did create a uh, Jimbo Fisher Open, so let's play that real quick. I have nothing to hide. I have nothing to hide, and our program has nothing to hide. be interesting if everybody could say that. Ladies and gentlemen, Jimbo Fisher has spoken on conference realignment. There is not a more refined voice out there to speak on that very deep, heavy subject than Jimbo Fisher. And here's what Jimbo Fisher said uh, the, yesterday about uh, what's going on with conference realignment. And Jimbo, uh, Jimbo's right. You know, you right now, you better be ready to make your next move. you got to play the game. I'm not saying I like it either, but I understand the administrative point of it, that if you get left out of it, from a financial standpoint, you, be, you can become insignificant. There's a lot of things that are bad about it, but I also see the other point. If you're an administrator and you're left out of one of those conferences, what do you do? Where does athletics and, and, and people don't know, well, what's athletics to a school? The growth of a school? There you go. Jimbo. Jimbo speaks. People sort of listen. Um, I'm I'm kind of disappointed that you didn't set those comments to banjo music, Steely. I'm going to be I, honest. I could yeah, I Missed opportunity. Sh- I should have mixed them together. I mean, we had the banjo in the open, but yes. Now, everything Jimbo Fisher says ever on this show needs to be accompanied by banjo music. By the way, the people that we're looking at, not the people, but the people that make up these two teams in schools – Clearly left out right now, Stanford, Cal, Oregon State, Washington State. But to me right now, the biggest casualties of conference realignment are Florida State and Clemson. Really? And I still think they're going to be in the SEC. I know what Greg Sankey said yesterday, and we'll play that sound next hour, but I just think eventually it makes too much sense for Florida State and Clemson to be in the SEC. Now, I mean, we're, we're headed to, and uh, at some point, maybe just maybe it'll be two major conferences. I don't know. But maybe it'll be three, with the Big 12 being the third. But, and I know the grant of rights is still 2036, and you've heard people saying, man, lawyers have looked at this and said, good luck. I don't know how you're going to get out, out of this deal. Um but it just makes sense to me that eventually it's kind of like we all eventually thought that Oregon and Washington would end up in the Big Ten. We just kind of thought that's going to happen eventually. And I still think that's going to happen with Clemson and the Knowles to the SEC eventually, despite what you're hearing out there from Greg Sankey, who says they're in a good spot right now. And they are. But I don't know. Maybe if 
Greg Sankey thought, you know what? I'm hearing now there's a way to get out of this grant of rights deal. Do you not think the SEC would be the first to scoop them up? I would think so. It makes sense regionally. It does. And if you really want to secure all of the power in college football, there really aren't two brands that would enhance the reputation, the depth, the competitiveness of your conference while also maintaining the regionality that the SEC has, like Florida and Clemson. And they still they still have that. Now, people will tell you, well, they don't bring any new television markets. They just don't. Doesn't uh, you know? And that's what we're looking at, whether they're Clemson and Florida State, and they're two of the great brands in college football. Clemson is kind of new money, obviously, but they've got a really good brand right now. But the naysayers would say they just don't bring anything to the table market-wise, TV market-wise. Okay, maybe not. And that's why you hear some people say North Carolina and Virginia would be better situations. You get a new TV market. But, you know, they're also Clemson and Florida State are certainly national brands. So we'll see. I just think eventually we'll see them in the Southeastern Conference. All right. want to thank Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our first hour. 405-579-3113. want to thank our friends at Riverwind Casino as well uh, for sponsoring, of course, always our uh, call in line, 405-329-9000. Can't wait to get out there again on Friday. Don't forget about the new show at the Showplace Theater, Carly Pierce, October 14th. Get your tickets online at riverwind.com or at the box office. Coming right back. Oh, yeah, we're still talking here. Did you watch the uh, Johnny Football documentary on Netflix? No, I did not. Are you you going to? You cannot make me care about Johnny Manziel. No one can make me care about Johnny Manziel. Nothing about Johnny Manziel intrigues or interests me. Well, I will tell you this. I did watch it yesterday. Mm. Kind of disappointing. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was so weird because they did – what was it, Kerrville, where he played high school football, I think it was, right? Something like so that. So had some high school highlights, talked about that, the A&M experience, winning the Heisman, everything, coming back. Um, and then, you know, they got to the NFL draft, and he dropped in the – but he did go in the first round. Cleveland experience, but it's like they did everything high school uh, through his time at A&M. And then there was like 10 minutes left in the uh, documentary. And I'm thinking, there's got to be a part two here. And like the 10 minutes, the last like 10 minutes of the documentary were the downfall part. And then it was boom. That was it. It was over. So, uh, again, I think that uh, it was pretty disappointing. Johnny Menzel, again, the reason that Johnny Menzel wound up in the situation he was in, and he did – admit that he was close to taking his own life at one point thank goodness that didn't happen but the reason that Johnny Manziel again he was great fun college quarterback to watch carved up the Sooners in the Cotton Bowl that was a tough night for Oklahoma fans but the biggest reason is that Johnny Manziel was a douchebag I should probably just say d-bag but he was his buddy Uncle Nate right same thing major d-bags and that certainly led to his downfall. 
And I think he was one of those quarterbacks that was a lot better suited to the college game than the NFL game. And they talked about, man, you know, he didn't, uh, there was no film study in Cleveland. And they asked Johnny Menzel, how much did you do? And he went, zero. So, anyway, where would he be? You know, people uh, at other schools don't like Baker Mayfield very much. And I can understand why. He was kind of in your face and, you know, grabbing the crotch. Baker was, was Baker Johnny Manziel light to an extent? Like if Johnny Manziel there was a There are a lot of similarities there. Baker yes. was like a three or a four and Johnny Manziel was like a ten. Yes. Baker was, in certain respects, a store brand version of Johnny Manziel. Now, he was obviously a better football player. Mm-hmm. But in terms of the personality is where kind of specifically where I'm going with that. As far as the personality and the love-hate dynamic, whether he was on your team and you loved him or he wasn't on your team and you hated him, yeah, Baker Mayfield had a little bit, more than a little bit of Johnny Manziel in him. Baker was uh, Johnny Manziel's Michelob Ultra. Sure. That's what he was. And Sooner fans love him. Other fan bases can't stand the guy. I get it. Uh, but, again, I thought the documentary was overall pretty disappointing. I, I can't stand people that flaunt, you know, when they have money. Now, I understand if you get a nice home or whatever, that's great. Bob Stoops has a mansion out near where we live. Earned all of it. Doesn't flaunt it. has got a beautiful home out there. You know what else? Raised two really good kids. You know, daughter also. Um Carol obviously has been hugely successful, but you don't see Bob Stoops. You would ever see him out there doing the flash in the cash signs like Johnny Manziel did. He's not a guy that does that, clearly. I mean, that's obvious. But when he was doing all that stuff, and I understand he's a college kid, but every time I saw those videos, it was like, dude, oh, my gosh. So I, I think there were a lot of people out there who rooted for his downfall. Now, again, he talked about thinking about taking his own life, being diagnosed bipolar, and, and there are some other things that maybe led to some of that behavior. I think we know what most of it was, uh, drugs and alcohol. But at least he's still around today, and hopefully he's in a better place. But don't feel very sorry for the guy because he brought so much of this on himself. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Uh, somebody said on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line that South Carolina doesn't want Clemson in the SEC. Yeah, but you know who didn't want Texas in the SEC? Texas, Texas A&M. A&M. <laughs> I mean, it's all about the dollars. And again, I, I don't have any insight on that, just a gut feeling that those two schools will eventually wind up in the SEC. And, you know, I've seen the tweets out there from some of the people who follow this stuff, have a lot more insight than I do. And they say, lawyers have looked at this, and they say, man, good luck. Because this looks ironclad, 2036. How could you be, I don't know how long ago that deal was signed, but signed your grant of rights all the way until 2036. That's like financing a car and get like eight-year financing or something. Ten years. Can you give me a ten-year deal? I mean... So they're paying for that ridiculous decision. But at the same time, there always seems to be a way. Somehow, some way, I just think they'll be there in the Southeastern Conference down the road. So anyway. All right. Let's get back to the text line, 405-651-3439. Caden Durham, LSU tomorrow. 
LSU tomorrow. That's my expectation. Yes. And we know that Williams Winery is going to be Monday, next Monday, August 14th, 7 p.m. That's going to be live somewhere. Got to be, right? I would think so. We don't know where yet, but the announcement is coming next Monday evening. I'll be there for what that's worth to people. I will be in Lee's Summit for that announcement. Uh, from the listener in the 310, in the Manziel draft, I took a sip of champagne for every team that didn't pick him. <laughs> I was into my second bottle of champagne when he got what picked. What was it, like 22 or something like I that? I was pick number 22 yeah. Yeah, for the Browns. I, I was just I was sitting there worried. It, that was the same draft that it was Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans were part of the same draft class. And as a young Bucks fan, I really wanted Mike Evans and I really didn't want Johnny Manziel. And at the time, the Bucks kind of needed a quarterback of the future. And Evans was getting mocked in the latter half of the first round. And I was just sitting there. It was the seventh pick. They had the seventh pick in the draft. And I was going, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, not Johnny Manziel, not Johnny Manziel. And then they took Mike Evans, and it was pre-Tom Brady Super Bowl, the happiest moment of my life as a Bucks fan. Mike Evans has had a great career. Johnny Manziel has been a total disaster, obviously. All right, uh, from the 405, the SEC will not allow another conference to get a foothold in their area. We're not talking about another conference. If Clemson and Florida State came to the SEC, they would be in the SEC. It'd be a stronger foothold for the SEC, quite honestly. And again, I've seen all this stuff. Well, they really don't bring another TV market. All right, I I get that. But if, I mean, what's going to become of the ACC? Are they going to, you know, you've seen, well, maybe they add these four other schools. You know, it's it's crazy. I've always thought, again, reiterate this for the thousandth time that I just think eventually that's what's going to happen. Okay, 405-651-3439. Jim Arlington said or Jim in Arlington says it's well known here in DFW sports lore that Jerry Jones wanted so badly to hand mm-hmm. in the draft card for Johnny Football in that draft, but Stephen Jones talked him out of it. Yeah, they got an offensive lineman. But and the Cowboy fans wanted Johnny Football too and um Again, they went online. Less in Arizona. This I, I don't know whether this is legit or not. I'm not well informed enough to know whether Less is messing with me or if this or this is just actually serious and a coincidence. Less says, "Don't tell Parker, but after Aloha, the second most popular greeting in Hawaii is Wahaneri." Really? He followed up and said, "Just a joke." Well, I bought it. If I have to, if I have to go to Hawaii in here, <laughs> Winery, every single day of my honeymoon. See, I would have bought it. I'd, I would have been saying, "Hey, Winery," and be, <laughs> probably some kind of Hawaiian curse word or something. And I'd, then you'd run into one OU fan yeah. and be like, "Hell yeah!" <laughs> That's right. True. I don't think I don't know that story. You're gonna have to fill me in on that one. I don't know it, so let me know if you want to. You know, call off air. Parker can give you my. Uh, my number, and you can text me that story. But I don't, I don't know unless I forgot it. But sometimes my brain, the storage in my brain is not as good as it used to be. But I don't think I know that one. Uh, it was Zach Martin. Yeah, that's right. 580. That's right. 
Douglas Miles says it has become less about TV markets and realignment and is now more about who has the biggest brands for streaming purposes. Mm -hmm. It makes me wonder, like, at what point are we just going to go back to cable? Because nowadays you have to have you, you seemingly have to have a different streaming service for anything dude it like is me, crazy how many me and my wife right now we're probably paying for four or five mm -hmm. different streaming services never to watch more than one show Net on any of them netflix amazon prime hulu paramount plus peacock hbo max peacock yes I mean, we're everywhere. We're it's absolutely. Like, you know, what would be nice if is, is if we had everything in one self-contained package. Mm -hmm. Cable. It would be. Okay, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. Yeah, oh. I heard that about Hawaii. That uh, that's. Uh. No, so one of the listeners on the text line said Hawaii is a disaster zone right now. Hope you're going to a safe place that isn't burning. Well, I sure hope so too. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty ugly there right now. All right, imagine if Jimbo Fisher and Johnny Manziel would have been at A&M together. Yeah, those were the Kevin Sumlin days. Cliff Kingsbury was the uh, OC back then. And uh, they said basically there were a lot of times where Manziel just didn't, didn't go to film session or didn't want to practice, and he kind of had carte blanche. The full, uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse: Jimbo Fisher, Johnny Manziel, DJ Durkin, and Bobby Petrino. Now, Mule Shoe's got to be there too. He's well, riding, okay, he's, he's riding one of the horses. I was going for the A and M connection. No, I got you. That's that's the A and M four horsemen, no doubt. All right, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. As we go to break, did Parker attend the DJ Hicks announcement? Now that was Brandon, right? Brandon was the one that was down there for the Hicks. Didn't you get like word from Brandon like thirty minutes before? Eight, like, mi eight minutes before he went public, like, I got a text from Brandon that said it's A and M. Oh wow, yeah. I remember Tyler. Welcome to David Stone Day here on the Red. David Hicks or David. I do that all the time now. <laughs> Welcome to David Hicks Day. Wah wah wah. Hey, I don't blame him, man. We all thought that was happening. Such a strange press conference. The dad looked like, man, this is awesome. I am loving some of this. And the mom was like, what did you just do? You know, it was it was weird. All right, we got a break right here. More of your texts on the way, 405-651-3439. Okay, Generators, Oklahoma Generators, thank you for sponsoring our 1 o'clock hour. They're family-owned and pride themselves on great customer service. Currently offering new customers a free 10-year warranty with any new installation. Check them out online, okgen.com. Call 405-321-6631. Thanks to Oklahoma Generators. Coming right back. As always, we want to thank our friends out at Riverwind Casino, newly remodeled at Riverwind Casino. The gaming floor looks even better. They have a ton of games out there, nearly 3,000 electronic gaming machines. They have your favorite table games, great poker room, Skyloft gaming area. They have a smoke-free gaming area, the Oasis. New member seven, you can earn up to $450 in one day. Got the best bars and dining, world-class hotel, the best service, best promotions. Take part in the $100,000 New Scene 17 celebration when you share $100,000 birthday month out at Riverwind. Great shows happening. 
coming up, we've got shows at the Showplace Theater. Dwight Yoakam, August 19th. Counting Crows, August 25th. REO in Chicago in September. Carly Pierce was just added October 14th. You also have Foreigner, two shows for Rodney Carrington, Aaron Lewis, Flatland Cavalry, and Boys to Men. The Showplace Theater is back, and it's back big time. One more Beats and Bites show for the summer. That's the music of Gary Allen on the Coupale Works Beats and Bites stage, August 26th. And then we have a fall Beats and Bites show as well. Keep in mind, these Beats and Bites tickets are only 10 bucks. Kids under 10 or kids under 12 get in free. Bring your folding chairs. You've got tremendous local food trucks out there, games for the kids. What a night that will be October 22nd. The Gin Blossoms with Tonic and Wakeland, three bands, Gin Blossoms heading, uh, you know, that trio. But that's going to be a great night. Remember, we had the Bedlam Beats and Bites a year ago that was well attended. Really a good time. October 22nd for the Gin Blossoms with Tonic and Wakeland. Get your tickets online at riverwind.com. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. All right, Bob Stoops. I think it's the most anticipated. Well, I, I know it's the most anticipated segment uh, on our airwaves every week when Bob comes on the rush with uh, Tyler and Teddy. And a couple clips from yesterday. Uh, Bob was at practice yesterday checking out the Sooners. Where were his impressions after being at Tuesday's practice? Yeah, I was able to just today is my first time out. I, I thought they looked great. Uh, a lot, ton of energy, which – you know, you always see that with Brent's group. And um, I just thought overall the size was impressive. I thought our D-line was bigger, looked mm-hmm. bigger and stronger. I thought uh, some of the secondary guys I thought looked bigger and looked really good. And uh, so anyway, yeah, you know, I, I thought they looked great. Um, loved it and uh, anxious to, you know, to see where it goes and to see the scrimmage uh, this Saturday. And with all this conference realignment stuff happening, the Pac-12 down to four schools with Oregon State, Washington State, Stanford, and Cal, there was a time back in the day where it looked like OU might be headed to the then Pac-12 back in the day, along with Oklahoma State, Texas, and Texas Tech. Bob said he was never for that. And oh, he, please, please tell me. He said, I thought it was a stupid idea then. I thought I think it's a stupid <laughs> idea now. <laughs> Basically, that's what he said. Here's what he had to say about that. They, I was confided in, in in several times in regard to it, and I, I felt us going that way would have ruined us. I, I definitely wasn't for it, and not that anybody in our camp was, but it had to be talked about. Might have been around the time when A and M split, or just shortly after that. So in the end, um, we just don't didn't feel we fit out there. Didn't feel that would be best for our brand and our program. And I still will say that. And uh, so anyway, I, I think we're in the right spot. And and I I can remember back at that time if we had the choice of either one, what would I want to do? And I I was adamant that I'd want to go to the SEC. And I feel that's the absolute best for our brand and for where we're located, all of that. And don't feel like we fit very well in any of the other conferences geographically as well as the brand that we have. So we found the right spot, and uh, and we'll see what else continues to happen around the country, you know, with, with all these conferences. There you go. Bob Stoops, uh, second segment every Tuesday during the 3 o'clock hour right here on the Home of Sooner Fans and on the Rush with Teddy and Tyler. 405-651-3439 on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. What do we have? Let's go there and see what people want to talk about. Camo Sooner says, as I recall, Steelman does a great R.C. Slocum impression. It's been a long time since I've done R.C. Slocum, Camo. I, I don't want to give it a shot right now. 
it's very difficult to rekindle something you haven't done in like 20 years. But I used to do some RC back in the day. RC, you know, they, they used to recruit pretty well, too, when RC was there back in the day. Jim in Arlington said Paul Feinbaum said on his show last week that Bobby Bowden told the story of how the SEC asked Florida State to join them in 1990, but Bobby and school officials felt it would be too tough to win a natty playing in that conference and told him no thanks. Well, yeah. Long before the college football playoff, That's, before the BCS even. That Well, yeah, when you're talking about if it would have been, yeah, back then it would have been very difficult. But, again, you have, <clears throat> you have a 12-team playoff coming next year and who knows that could be a 16 team playoff in four or five years you never know the way things and again well those contracts are written in stone maybe but they can also be negotiated out of from time to time we'll see if that happens with the acc bruce says in your estimation will ou beat byu in kansas Yes. It's a very straightforward question. Shockingly straightforward. Yeah, and again, the only uh, team that the Sooners are an underdog to is uh, Texas, obviously. They are a uh, seven-point underdog, uh, according to ESPN FPI. And I think Tyler talked about this yesterday. 96% chance to beat uh, – actually, it's 97. 7% chance to beat Arkansas State. SMU's at 86. Tulsa's at 94%. At Cincinnati, 75%. Iowa State is an 85% uh, win for Oklahoma, according to ESPN FPI. Uh, again, Texas, they're giving uh, Oklahoma a 35% chance to win that one. UCF, 79% chance. Kansas, 85% chance. Oklahoma State's a 70% chance. West Virginia is a 91% chance. At BYU is 82%, and TCU at home is 69%. According to ESPN's FPI, Football Power Index, the Sooners favored in uh, 11 of those 12 games. And the toughest games, obviously, underdog to Texas, then TCU at Oklahoma State 3, uh, on the road at Cincinnati, number 4, and UCF at home, number 5. That's according to ESPN's formula. 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer, Chevrolet text line. Ronnie Crimson wants to know, what are you hearing about Macari Vickers in camp? Any chance he plays a significant role this year? There's a chance, Ronnie, but if there is a freshman defensive back that has turned heads throughout camp, and this should be no shock to folks that uh, we're tracking the happenings and the rumblings coming out of spring camp, but Josiah Wagner continues to be really, really impressive on the practice field. And, in fact, I have it from at least a couple of sources that, and I want to say this with the disclaimer, that there's a long way to go in fall camp. We are a week in. But I have it from at least a couple of sources that Josiah Wagner is making it really difficult right now for the Oklahoma coaching staff not to have him in the starting rotation when the season opens. Now, we'll see if that holds up over the next three weeks, but... When a guy, when you get as much positive buzz from a guy in the spring and then the returns on him come fall camp are immediately just as strong, that's generally a pretty reliable indicator that you're talking about a dude who's got that dog in him. 
Yeah, there have been a lot of good comments about him, no doubt. A lot of good comments. All right, uh, what did True Sooner had one? Uh... Let's see. True Sooner. Remember the Bama guy poisoned those Auburn trees? He called in on Feinbaum's show. Oh, yeah, Harvey Updike uh, Jr. He Didn't he pass away like uh, a couple years ago, Harvey Updike Jr.? Yes, I believe he did. That was a brilliant move for him to call in on the Feinbaum show. You know, some people really needed attention. And he got he certainly got Phyllis uh, from Mulva, too. Wasn't that her name? She passed away. She passed, too, yeah. yeah. All, all Paul Feinbaum's entire audience is dying yeah. off. There you go. All right, 405. I, you know, Feinbaum, is he the face of the SEC in some ways? Media-wise, he certainly is. I don't think the guy's bad, but you know, I also uh, – there's nothing incredible there to me. You know what I mean? Again, I don't think he's bad by any means, but just, I I don't know. I, I don't get some of the hype. But uh, that radio show obviously was gigantic, and he's still on the radio. But before he got on ESPN, it, it was, you know, that's the SEC show right there. All right, break time. Get back to the phone lines, 405-651-3439. And we have some more audio to get to. Steve Wilfong talking about Williams Winery. You don't say. Yes. Are you ready for it? We'll play it for you when we get back. All right, we are back. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Wednesday edition, tomorrow out at Cabin's Group. Friday out at uh, Riverwind Casino. Always two places I look forward to being good people at both places. 405-651-3439. Williams Winery, Monday, next Monday, August 14th, 7 p.m. His uh, commitment. Steve Wilfong, here's what he had to say on uh, a podcast last night about what's happening with Williams Winery. When I, when I listened to this, I was like, that's, that's it? See what you guys think. Here's what he had to say. He says he has his mind made up. I think that when you look at the schools that are in best position, Missouri certainly a program that is very much on the rise in, in this recruitment. Uh, Georgia is one that's been a mainstay. His official visit the first weekend of June really thrusted them into fantastic position. Then Oklahoma is one that has always been considered one to keep an eye on. Tennessee and Oklahoma, as you said, are rounding out the contenders. Now, some interesting things here that Williams Winery has to sift through as he goes through his process. If he were to choose Missouri, he could cash in on name image likeness opportunities sooner because of a recently passed law in state that allows prospects that commit to in-state public universities uh, or that go with in-state public universities, they're allowed to uh, uh, profit off their name image likeness. Um, and so that's an element in addition to his great relationship with the Missouri staff. And he told me he thinks that's a program that's on the rise, has a chip on its shoulder. That's another element that's in play. Basically, uh, there's a lot of good NIL opportunities at places like Georgia and Oklahoma to consider down the road. Great relationship with Coach Chidera at Georgia, talks to him frequently, Coach Chavis and Coach Bates at Oklahoma. Those are his guys. He knows guys in the locker room over there as well. So those are three programs I could see him at right now. There you go. And I, 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 did you hear anything new there? No, it was just a summary of the whole situation, yeah. basically. And no juice. You have said that this is an Oklahoma-Missouri battle right now. Yes. And, OU-Missouri. 
And no, Georgia, Tennessee, Oregon, nine factors right now. What happens if, and again, you're going to be talking about, this would be a daring, bold move. And I heard you guys talk about it because, and I had talked about it with Brandon Drum when Brandon brought it up. There could be a chance, again, that if Williams Winery says Missouri next Monday night at 7 o'clock, that, again, he, he starts getting paid, that NIL money. What happens if he decides after his season and when December rolls around, you know what, I think I maybe I should go to Oklahoma. I mean, it's that, very much on the table. That would be a very uh, bold move. You know the kid. You know the family. I mean, look. That would be – you talk about Missouri being upset because you're going to pay this kid some NIL money if you get him committed. And then all of a sudden, if he turned around and went to Oklahoma, do you think that would even be a, a possibility at all? I think it's on the table. I think anything's on the table in the recruitment of a five-star yeah. player. And we would be foolish to acknowledge – and that's not a cop-out. That's yeah. just – we. everybody who follows recruiting knows this. Everybody who follows recruiting understands that – when you are dealing with five stars, you kind of have to throw all the conventional logic out the window. Right. And what what if I told you, Steely, but, and this is to kind of riff off the Georgia and thing. Cause people still keep propping up Georgia as a contender in this race. And, you know, I've been saying, oh, you Missouri, oh, you Missouri, oh, you Missouri for almost a month now. I talked to Williams Winery yesterday on the phone. Mm-hmm. OU Missouri. I'll keep saying it. Yeah. It's going to be one of those two. Do you believe and his mind is made up too? No, like, I do not. Okay. No, I do not. Uh, for the yeah. 909, Will Fong gives us nothing there. And that's precisely why I played the clip because I wanted Parker to react to it because when I heard it, it's like, that's just kind of a summary and there's not really any meat on that bone. So you have been saying for the longest time it's down to those two. But again, I'm look, I don't know. Maybe maybe he wants to go to Oklahoma, but at the same time with this new NIL law, you know, if if you believe the rumors, it could be up to $750,000. Florida Sooner says, if I understand right, he can start getting paid after he signs a binding, oh, is it a binding commitment? Do we know? It would be non-binding. And that's the thing, too. Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. So if he commits, he could start getting paid in September, I guess, but it would be non-binding, which means Missouri is paying him. He does not have to sign with the University of Missouri. Okay, that's what I was thinking. Man, you talk about an advantage. But if you're Williams Winery, let's say, man, I like Missouri, but I I like Oklahoma better. How much can we make before? Three hundred grand. Okay. Now again, that's that would you talk about some stones to do that. Um, that would look horrible, but I don't know. But we know this. Let's say he does kit commit to Missouri again next Monday. I I don't know. You know this stuff better than I that's kind of my gut right now in a real cr- close race over o- OU. But the Sooners they're they're not gonna stop recruiting this kid. No. I mean, because it's not yeah. over until he signs. Signs on the line, which is dotted. So we'll see. Now, this is this is another thing I'll add 
on the situation. And it's almost like it's it's almost too nuanced to fully explain. But what I will say is that there are some signs over the last 48, 72 hours that I've picked up on in conversations with folks around Winery and around Oklahoma. There, there are some signs here that lead me to believe it's still OU. Really? All right. Yeah. And there you like, go. That's, this is one thing I've never budged from, Steely, for five months now. I've maintained that OU has always had the inside track through the Tennessee smoke, through the Oregon smoke, through the Georgia smoke, and now through the Missouri smoke. Now, I will say, Missouri is a much more real player than Tennessee or Oregon or Georgia ever was. And I would be lying if I said I was 100% confident that Williams and Winery is going to be a Sooner next week. Can you be 100% certain of anything with a five-star? No, but for my money... Oklahoma is still the team to beat as we sit here five days away from a decision. Yeah. Well, and you got, uh, again, somebody else saying, I heard it, he can't get paid the money until he signs. So True Sooner says Quinn Ewers kind of did that. And, uh, yeah, well, he left the state of Texas to go to Ohio State so he could get paid. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, if Williams Winery makes the call for Oklahoma – on Monday. Again, would it be totally over? No. But with Brent's recruiting philosophy and the way he goes about his business, that would be like 98% done. What do you think? If he picks Oklahoma Monday. If he picks Oklahoma Monday, I would fully expect him to sign with Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. If he picks Missouri on Monday, (laughs) you got four months left. You got four months left to change that kid's mind. And if Oklahoma wins 10 games this fall and Missouri wins five, Mm -hmm. what do you think are the odds that kid stays committed to Missouri? All right. uh, 405-651-3439-405-651-3439. Yeah, if he's an early enrollee. Which he is not, by the way. He's not going to be. He is not going to be an early enrollee. Okay. He will be on campus in June, Hmm. wherever he signs. There you go. All right. Um how big of a celebration? Would this be the biggest celebration from OU fans? Would it be bigger than Peyton Bowen? You know, not officially signing with Oregon. Would it be bigger than Jackson Arnold uh, committing? How big would this be, uh, you know, during the Brent era in terms of an announcement by a recruit if it is um, OU? A Missouri insider flipped him to OU this morning. Hmm. Did not Did know that. Actually ha- I, don't believe- I don't think that actually happened. There's only one Missouri insider, and that's Gabe DeArmond, and he still has his pick in for Missouri. Yeah, if you have another name, let us know. Fred says, heard he got a Brahms bag last night. Wasn't any smoked Gouda burgers in it either. <laughs> but what do you think? Would this be how, – how would this one raid if Williams Winery commits to Oklahoma next Monday night? It'd be seismic. I mean, Steely. bigger than I the mean, Peyton Bowen deal that we set through on that Friday morning? I would say because he is a defensive lineman and because defensive line has been the bugaboo for Oklahoma for so long and because he is, per the industry consensus, a top three player in the nation, this would arguably be Oklahoma's biggest recruiting win, and I hate to go here, but Oklahoma's biggest recruiting win since they locked down Caleb Williams on Independence Day 2020. 
Yeah, I would agree because everybody thought that Jackson Arnold was going to end up at Oklahoma, right? Uh, you had talked about even when Peyton Bowen was committed to Notre Dame, it's going to be Oklahoma. In the, in the end, this is going to be Oklahoma. Now, everybody was shocked on signing day when he picked up the Oregon hat. That was very bizarre. Didn't fax in his uh, letter of intent. Ends up the next day faxing that – or not faxing it, but getting his letter of intent done with Oklahoma. Um, P.J. Adabare was also huge, but this would be the biggest recruiting victory of uh, Brent's tenure at Oklahoma. We'll see. We'll see what's going to happen. 405-651-3439. Next Monday night, 7 p.m., the decision from the five-star edge rusher, Williams Winery, out of the Lee Summit North in Kansas City. All right, break time. One more segment to go. More on the subject, of course, recruiting with uh, Parker and Tyler McComas coming up at the top of the hour as we get locked in. We're going to break right here. Ladies and gentlemen, we have time for some more texts when we get back. Keep it here on the Home of Sooner fans. All right, we are back about 10 minutes away from getting locked in with Parker and Tyler McComas, 405-651-3439. By the way, I uh, I also resumed watching, uh, what is it called, Winning Time? The Lakers, Jerry Buss era, Magic Kareem on HBO Max. It's so bad, it's entertaining. <laughs> The Jerry West character is so bad. I mean, so very bad. It is laughable. So it's not like a documentary. It's like a... No, they try and shoot the basketball scenes and everything. And they've got this dude who looks nothing like Jerry West. (laughs) And, you know, then they have him like when the uh, Lakers finally broke through and beat the Celtics and he's celebrating. And it's like, that dude doesn't look like he could play a pickup game at the YMCA. And you're trying to make him look like Jerry West. It is, but it's so bad that it, I can't stop watching it. Have you ever seen like a movie that's so bad? Like you watch uh, Plan Nine from Outer Space, which was an Ed Wood movie. I, I, quite honestly, Steely, I cannot relate to this at all. If a movie is that bad, I'll simply stop watching it. But it's almost like seeing a train wreck or something. And like, I can't yeah, sure. believe he thought that cut sequence would work. You know, they went from. Light, daytime to nighttime. You know, as Dracula approaches the victim, the victim's there clearly in the daytime, and here comes Dracula at night. I mean, it was, you know, uh, but this uh, season two just started on this winning time, and I'm going to keep watching it, but everyone, I'm like, God, that's so bad. That is so bad. And um, who is the guy? Adrian Brody, is that his name, that plays Pat Riley? So bad. Not, not the actor, but it just looks so ridiculous. All right, 405-651-3439. And what we learned from the uh, Johnny Manziel documentary that Johnny Manziel was a D-bag, which we already know. Okay, uh, let's get back to the text, and, uh, text line, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Sooner Co. Wetzel says, honestly, I don't think it's that bad if you're talking about the HBO Max series. I mean, it keeps me entertained, but the basketball scenes are pretty bad, like the actual games. And I don't know, the guy, Jerry West, was trying to sue you know, HBO, Jerry West, because they make him look like an absolute to- guy who's insane, going crazy. 
But don't get me wrong, Sunoco Wetzel. I am still entertained by it, but some of the scenes that I see, I'm like, that looks ridiculous. Um, but the story is interesting. Of course, I was a Larry Bird guy. Uh, you know, it's really weird because early in my life, my favorite player, still one of my favorite players, one of the great honors I had as a broadcaster was getting to interview Kareem Abdul-Jabbar when he was here coaching the Oklahoma Storm, you know, for whatever it was, a year or so. And he's notoriously, you know, not super talkative if you don't know him. But I knew that his dad had played jazz in New York City. So, and I knew that he'd, his record collection, he lost like in a fire. So I bought him to soften him up, a Thelonious Monk CD. And he thought that was great. So he opened up and talked quite a bit. But later in my life, Larry Bird was my favorite player. Ironically, they both wore 33, right? But... Uh, so again, I, it's a it's an entertaining series, but I just kind of laugh at some of it. It's like that looks absolutely ridiculous. All right, four zero five six five one. The guy playing Magic does look like Magic, yes, uh, and he's pretty good. There's some tawdry scenes in there too. Magic was living a pretty tawdry life, I think we know for a while. Well, at least it, there's something to be said for accurate portrayal. Mm-hmm. By the way, for any and all people texting in about Caden Durham. Caden Durham is trolling. Caden Durham's committing to LSU tomorrow. What did he put out? I would be shocked with any other outcome. Everyone would be shocked with any other. He just he tweeted another picture of him in an OU uniform and captioned it, hashtag home. And then, of course, he sent out an A&M tweet and an LSU tweet all within 90 seconds of one another. Yeah. He's farming interactions. Don't take him seriously, please. What's likely going to end up happening tomorrow is he will be an LSU Tiger, and that will be that. From the 9-4-0, Adrian Brody is awesome as Pat Riley. Yeah, he's pretty good, but again, he just he, he doesn't look. And I realize the guy playing Larry Bird, they, they make him look like a Larry Bird, you know, but um, he does a good job. Adrian Brody, of course, was is a great actor. Won, uh, did he win best uh, Best Actor for The Pianist? Because I know that that one best picture. 405-651-3439. i got a couple minutes left. But, yeah, I, I would say if you're a fan of the, you know, Magic and Birds, save the NBA. There's no doubt. It's it's worth watching. I just think some of the action scenes of the games are pretty uh, comical. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. We got a rant from AJ and Edmund to close things out here. We have Recruiting services <laughs> star rankings in conjunction with loose NIL rules and legislation is killing college football. What is the motivation for a highly ranked prospect to perform in college when collectives are willing to give away millions of dollars when the prospect has done nothing? Can we have some common sense? I want Williams and Winery to choose OU just like everyone else, but I would like to see him do it in a way that won't divide slash destroy this culture that BV is trying to foster rant over. I don't think BB would allow that to happen. Unfortunately, uh, you know, you do have to play the game. If you're not wading out into the waters and you're not at least waist deep on some of these five-star kids, but you know, Williams Winery doesn't seem like uh, he doesn't seem to be one of those look at me kids. Or am I reading that wrong? No, he's definitely not a Caden look at me Durham type of guy. Is that Caden Durham? Yeah. Yes, Dave very, Stone, very look at me. It's kind of that, and look, different personalities, but. Uh, you're just going to have to play the game to a certain extent. Caden Durham has the personality of a wide receiver. You ever seen that tweet? Mm-hmm. It's like, QB tweet, love my teammates, God is good. Tight end tweet, derp. 
Wide receiver tweet. <laughs> the enemy speaks kindly and holds a knife. AJ, thank you. One day you and I will get together and enjoy some Werther's Originals together. Sound good? Thank you. Thank you very much. Our thanks to our friends at Riverwind Casino. Can't wait to be out there Friday. See Justin and company out there. Thanks to Dr. Bellardo and the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center of Oklahoma. And thank you to the Ref Army, as always, coming through as usual. Let's get locked in up next.